I'm Dr. V. And I'm Dr. A. Two doctors on a mission to answer your burning questions about burning sensations and all things science. This is What the Woo. So we have reader mail. No way. What do yes. we have? We <laughs> we have a website that uh. that um, somebody sent to us, and it, it's it's a doozy. <laughs> I mean, okay, here it I is. I'm going to pull it up. Yeah. Jamu stick. Like a virgin again, return to your former tightness in seconds. It's, oh, wow. It's a pumice stone. For your vag. For your vag. And that, I mean, who doesn't need that? Everybody. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> uh, I kind of wish I could know their sales stats. 100% herbal. Oh, well, then it must be perfect and great for you. So the thing that cracks me up is it's got all these like very obvious um, like pictures of orchids and stuff. (laughs) Return to your former tightness in seconds. Always the same feelings like the first time. Okay. That's not a good thing. Think back to your... (laughs) I would be happy to not experience that again. There's no way I want to go back to my first time, and I'm certainly not going to spend money to do it. Discomfort. (laughs) Bleeding. (laughs) Yeah. It's not good. With the natural product intended for vaginal cleansing, balancing urovaginal microflora, elimination of vaginal discharge and odor, tightening of the vagina, increase of libido, and intensification of sexual feelings. (sighs) I mean, what do you say to that? (laughs) So this is what it claims is its mechanism of action. By removing the dead skin cells of the surface layers of the vaginal epithelial skin, Jamustic helps to regenerate and balance the microflora. So basically, it is saying... It's, it's an exfoliator. <laughs> and that's a good thing. You don't want to exfoliate your vagina. No. I it's mean, a mucous membrane. Do, do you exfoliate your nose? That's yeah. my thought is like, you know, we make mucus to like clear out what's, you know, like old skin cells, let's say, or, you know, debris that gets in there. You don't need to stick a pumice stone in your vag to get rid of it. I think people are really unclear about the different types of, of skin that we have right you've got you've got your skin on your arms which gets all chickeny and dried out in the winter and then you exfoliate that but it's tough right it's meant to be exposed to the environment it's not like your eyelids like the inner eyelids or inside your nose or inside your vagina which is a mucous membrane it is sensitive skin it makes its own um mucus or you know in the case of your eyes tears that kind of flush things out uh you don't need to stick something in and scrape it i think my baseline for comparison anytime i read somebody claiming that you need to do something to your vagina i'm gonna say would you do the same thing to your eyelids I think it's a good plan. Yeah, like would you exfoliate the inside of your eyelids? Right. Would you stick herbs in there would to you change the pH? Flush it with acid? No. no. No, I'm good. No, it's you know, it's really wrong. And and again, it's this whole like make your make your vagina smell fresh. This make is- it felt be tight. You know, all of these things to it, give these women like a, you know, a complex. It's back to this 
misogyny. Okay, so this is basically the, the purpose of this stick and why it's been around from generation to generation for thousands of years. Okay, thousands. we're talking like in pre-biblical era. <laughs> they had the, the jammy stick? Uh, yes, and we have to ask our friends um, from our last cast if... They learned about that in their fundy. <laughs> which right. book has the jammu stick? Which book of the Bible discusses the jammu stick? Matthew 3 point something. <laughs> yeah. So take care of husband is a very important life challenge and oh. involves a very carefully concerned... So, look, mm. if you don't even care enough to get your grammar right, I'm not going to care about exfoliating my vagina for you. I want to get... This is the last paragraph. Each paragraph is like a treasure. No. Yeah. Okay. So, the first one was talking about exfoliating your vagina. And then it moved down to why. Because mm. you want a fragrant vagina. For your husband. And then the third one tells you how to use it. Mm. So, it's 12 centimeters long and two and a half centimeters. I thought it was inches at first. Okay. 12 centimeters okay, is a little okay, bit better that is however um it's inserted into the vagina it should remain for 30 seconds that gives enough time for the herbs stimulating hormone balance and strengthen your flabby vagina no oh. it does not say that flabby your flabby vaginal muscles no yes tightening is noticeable immediately after the first use so i'm wondering if the tightening is it's spasming yeah <laughs> like ow calluses and somebody had said that they were feeling oh no <gasps> oh no what after a very short time processing jamu stick inside vagina all the problems are literally glued to the surface of the stick i don't even want to see what she pulled out of her vagina <laughs> Oh, she needs to see a clinic. She does not need to stick you, a jammy stick You in don't there. need anything glued <clears throat> to the inside of your vagina. I know. Jammy stick is, is suitable for all ages? No. Oh, God. Oh. Don't give this to your kids. It is not a toy. They've also got, um, they've but, got different colors. Have you found that on the page? No, I'm still stuck at medical study. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see medical study it's, it's right under the picture of the banana how to use jammu stick you apparently only use it when you're laying down on a bed of tropical flowers oh okay well before using the jammu stick wash your hands and vagina i thought that's what the jammu stick was supposed to do how do you wash? <laughs> oh about me oh it talks about who who invented this my full name is very long so call me Ika. Ika I'll call you Ika. <laughs> I come from a small village. We live naturally. My mother said the real beauty of a woman is not just what people see in your face, but what's in your vagina, I guess. How you scrape out your vagina. <laughs> but how your attitude, behavior, and life, kindness, and intelligence. Okay, so your mom didn't say anything about... She did not say make a yoni stick. No, she said be intelligent. This seems to go exactly against what and your be mother a was good telling person. you. Like those are those are great things for a mom to tell a kid. Oh, 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 shut up. Look at this. I have an amazing husband who helps me be a better person. He gave me an idea. 
Gee. Of course he did. I wonder where this came from. Oh, of course. You're not using this stick to to clean out your vagina. This is a sexual product, which now it makes sense why she's saying it increases libido. Because I was trying to figure out, like, how does sticking a pumice stone in your vag increase libido? If you're a control if- freak, there's probably something to be said for, like, getting your partner to scrape themselves out to make you happy, I suppose. Right. If you're a horrible human. Or if you're using this as a sexual toy instead of as a mat medical product i feel like there's better options out there than a pumice stone um yeah lots of them and they're made (laughs) with non-porous materials oh man did you you find yourself getting a lot of questions about that i did yeah i did so i put together a lot of questions um you want me to ask you know I, i i would be curious because i mean honestly I've been with the same person for 20 years, so there's probably been some updates in our knowledge. I haven't had any sort of ed- like formal education since high school. Like we don't sit around and talk about this. Right, stuff. you didn't so, know the Jamu stick existed. No, I didn't. But but even like some of the the more basic things about you know what's out there, how people are treated. Like I wouldn't be able to answer anyone's questions. So I'm I'm super curious. If you if you ask me questions, I'm probably not going to know <laughs> any of the answers. But you can we'll play along. Okay, you can ask me let's and I'll see. get them all wrong. <laughs> yeah. So here's a thought. Um. So let's say you have an STD, a sexually transmitted disease. Okay. And you get treated. I mean, not you personally, mm-hmm. a friend. Yes. Um, we'll and call her Ika. Ika. Yes, that's a great <laughs> name. So let's say Ika has chlamydia and, um, you know, she gets it treated and her partner gets treated. And now she's wondering, do I have to throw out my jammy stick? Do I have to throw out my toys? Um, She's been treated. Well, I think she should throw out the Jamu stick regardless. <laughs> Good plan. <laughs> I. It would maybe depend on, I mean, and that's a good point. What, what exactly you're talking about? Because some things are probably easier to disinfect than others. Like, I, I wouldn't just run something underwater, but I would assume if you clean it off with soap and water, then, then you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the big thing is, are you dealing with something porous or non-porous? And so, you know, our non-porous toys might be things made with silicone, which is, you know, the vast majority of toys. Um, You know, there are some that are made with plastics that do have some porosity. Uh, There's certainly things made with glass. Um, Yeah, I know. I know. I mean... Personally, I have some concerns with sticking glass in a vagina, Um, but, you know, people buy them. So, but glass is non-porous, yay. Um, (laughs) But uh, jammu stick, super porous. So, if it's non-porous, the research shows that you can wash it with soap and water, let that thing dry, um, and let it dry for like a good 24 hours so that we're decreasing the chance that there are little pieces of bacteria or virus that are left. So what if you have one of those like cool Amish ones that you can get? Um, (laughs) Made out of wood. (laughs) Yeah, don't like, no, no, no. (laughs) If you have a wooden toy or a jammy stick, you know, I would say that it's probably safe to throw that away and get something new. And since you're buying something new, you should probably buy it non-porous. Yeah. More questions for you, though. All right. All right. I think I, I did pretty good on that one. I, th- I think we were. What's up the ante? Yeah. How about this? 
two condoms. Are two condoms better than one in decreasing your STD risk? Who would do that? Do people do that? I mean, if one is good, two is better, right? Well, I mean, if you don't have faith in one, why would you have faith in... Like, I would think... I could see on the surface how you might think that, but I would assume that you're just increasing the risk of one like messing up the other so i'm gonna say false ding 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 you are correct so uh we can um increase your risk of condom breakage putting two in two together obviously you've got lots more friction with two latex parts rubbing against each other even with or without any lubrication we don't want that increased friction increases breakage and increases the chance of the condom coming off bad news bears um and also when we have when we lose a condom and when we increase friction to a mucous membrane, it opens up, um, you know, tiny microcuts, which increases your risk of uh, sexually transmitted infection transmission as well. I would assume the jamu stick would also. Mm, yep. Well, you're not like <laughs> some, like you've exfoliated the entire top layer of epithelial cells. Absolutely. You are oh, sorry, creating I'm, lots of micro tears. I'm still cringing. Uh, or even big tears. <laughs> so if two's better than one, wouldn't you want to like put eight on? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not even going to picture you're gonna this. cut off your blood circulation. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell if your partner has a sexually transmitted infection by looking at him? Not with his clothes on, I mean, with the clothes off. Uh, I guess it does it depend on the infection? I mean, some things you would think would be visible. Like if if you're looking at something that's like a snotty nose, then I would be suspicious. <laughs> so <laughs> when you say snotty nose, are we talking about <laughs> penile discharge? Yes. Okay. Just making sure that you were using <laughs> nose as your phallus analogy. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm using the Victorian analogy. <laughs> Dr. V and her Catholic upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> so some because i know that some diseases you can't tell um hiv you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at someone but some of them you would i wouldn't like you know hang my hat on it but right like if you're if your partner has an open sore on their genitals uh you probably want to stay away from that now there is a <laughs> they chance. want to follow up on that. yeah they need to see a doc now certainly there's a chance that that open sore is just uh you know uh, I don't know, yeast infection or even like they got a bad scratch or something that got infected. And this is not a sexually transmitted infection. But I think that, you is know, that common for people to get bad scratches on their genitals. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have treated a lot of genital infections in my day and you would be Im- impressed with how many are just normal skin infections that go uh, bad because you know it's a warm moist environment and bacteria love warm my moist environments so um you know but i think the big takeaway is that even if your partner looks clean that uh we need to make sure that partners get tested because you can't tell someone can look you know perfect down below and still have an std and somebody could be like totally greasy but be clean be totally clean. I mean, not have STDs. They might still be dirty. Need a shower. 
Um, Which would be another, I mean, I think it's fair to put the kibosh (laughs) if they're covered in dirt. True that. Yes. I mean, unless that's your thing. (laughs) No, I'm not going to knock it. (laughs) So uh, I think along that line, we should probably talk about like if you do have a skin lesion on on your own and it goes away. Uh, on its own sorry if you have a skin lesion it goes away on its own um you're good to go do you have to worry anymore i actually don't know the answer to that because i i think i had i had heard that there were like i remember at one point hearing that herpes was only contagious when you actually have an open a lesion but i don't even know if that's true yeah so it's not true um so herpes can actually be transmitted even if you have no lesions uh it can be transmitted even if you've never had a lesion um so we call that like asymptomatic shedding we call it a bummer i know big fat bummer because you know the vast majority of the population has herpes really yeah actually so there are two types of herpes uh hsv1 and hsv2 hsv1 is generally thought to be in your mouth mm-hmm. hsv2 is generally thought to be in your genitals now certainly we can get genital oral spread so uh let's say you have a um cold sore that's herpes and you uh give oral sex to your partner so now you've taken HSV-1 and moved it to the genitals. Um, Now, certainly HSV-1's happy place is in your mouth and HSV-2 happy place is in the genitals, but they can switch up because, you know, they're opportunistic. And when you say happy place, do you mean that the infection would be less severe in its non-happy place or does it not necessarily Mm, even correlate? No, it doesn't really correlate. Yeah. Um, So, you know, back to that herpes, though, so you can get spread even when you don't have or have lesions. Also, let's say with herpes, you can have a lesion and then it goes away on its own. Doesn't mean it's cured at all. It stays dormant, right? It does. Okay, now here's a question. Um, There's other things, though, too. Herpes lesions, where are they? Because, like, I'm familiar with um like i would think if they were in the mucous membranes then that would be internal but are there external lesions yes so we can have herpes lesions that end up on your mouth your gums um your you know internal mouth so your like upper palate things like that um we can also you know have a cold sore the vast majority of cold sores are caused by herpes and those are on your outer lips so that's not really a mucous membrane um generally it does start kind of at the edge of where your mucous membrane moves to regular skin um and then of course uh herpes lesions in the genitals can be all over so you can have them internally in your vagina um, or generally in the introitus so where your vaginal opening is we can have them on the skin like your labia and you can even get spread you know in your groin we also have things called herpetic whitlows which are actually (laughs) i know uh, i see your weird face it's like a herpes lesion on your finger Um, Yeah, so we can we can have herpes is really it's a pretty strong virus and it likes to live wherever it can. It's like the cheese touch. You'd only get that. No, 
I don't know what that is. Is that an animal thing? No, no. It's actually um, a middle schooler thing from one of the Diary of a, a Wimpy Kid books. They talk oh. about the cheese touch. No. Like where you can, like I would, God, now you have to worry about fingers too? Yeah. That just sounds like, you it's know, like not the, the Cyclops most common. where there's like a little scary eyeball yeah. where it's not supposed to be, like in Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, that, that sounds, it sounds painful. And I'm, I, I know I keep coming back to the Jamu stick, but I just, it, it, it pains me to think about somebody having this lesion and then trying to scrape it off. Yeah, because they hurt really bad. And I'm sure that doesn't it, help. Right. <laughs> yeah, speaking of other genital lesions, um, I think the big one we need to talk about before we move to our next quiz question okay. is um, syphilis, because it is rising. Um, is it? Oh, yeah. It's so much of a deal now that we have to, there were educational things put out by the county that were saying, hey, make sure to test pregnant women for syphilis. Obviously, um, you know, syphilis for a growing fetus is a terrible thing. Um, But uh, because syphilis is really growing in numbers, um, it's become a big issue. And the problem is, is that you get an external lesion, you get an ulcer, and it's painless. So, you know, you think, no biggie, right? Like, I generally, people don't go to the doctor if something doesn't hurt. And then the thing is, is syphilis ulcers go away. They go away on their own. And you think, okay, cool, like it didn't hurt. And my little bumpy bump went away. And so I'm good to go. The problem is, is that syphilis just goes and hangs out. And then it like travels to your nervous system. And you can get all sorts of terrible syphilis that, uh, you know, causes problems in your brain. Okay, so that's the one I remember hearing about, like in the 1800s, right? That like these mostly guys would like get it and then go crazy and stuff there's kind of syphilis yeah there's that uh i don't know if it's ever been proven but edgar Allan poe and the telltale heart yeah so they were thinking that the telltale heart was about basically neurosyphilis and this guy going mad um because he just had syphilis that he didn't treat well that would explain a lot yeah about edgar Allan poe's works (laughs) right i mean i love them they're super gothy but Also super gruesome. Yeah. Well, think about where our canon of American literature would be without syphilis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my life wouldn't be complete. My middle school and high school reading list would be a lot shorter. Yeah. Okay, so um, I have another question for you. Okay. So do you know if STDs can be transmitted via oral sex? Some of them. Okay. But what STDs could be transmitted via oral sex? Well, I only know about herpes. (laughs) Since I gave that away. (laughs) But honestly, I wouldn't have. That's the only one that would occur to me. Yeah. So lots of other stuff. Um, So HPV is a big one. Um, So HPV is human papillomavirus. That is the virus that um, increases your risk for cervical cancer as a woman. That we have a vaccine for as well. We do, and it's awesome. And I mean, heck, it's the vaccine that prevents cancer. Why isn't everyone getting that? Why isn't everyone getting it? That's a whole nother episode, isn't it? That's a whole nother episode. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, yeah. So HPV, um, you know, if you are performing oral sex on someone who has 
um, HPV, um, which can be the virus that is increasing your risk of cervical cancer. It's also the same virus that causes genital warts. So um, if they have HPV, you can get it inoculated into your mouth and it increases your risk of throat cancer and oral cancers. I did not know about that until Michael Douglas. I know nothing about this. Michael Douglas. He got, um, I think it was oropharyngeal cancer. And he said, oh, no, it's not. It's not because of smoking, because that's like not Mm. cool anymore. But he said it was because he had he performed too much oral sex when he well, was younger. Wow, that's one way to turn it around. Right? right? I was I was impressed <laughs> at the spin that he put on that. Right. <laughs> I mean, really smoking is probably your bigger risk for oral cancer. But <laughs> no, no, I don't smoke. I just, you know. I just please the ladies. <laughs> why, did, why did they call it performing anyway? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Ask uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> So HPV. (laughs) So some of the other things that we can uh, transmit via oral sex, gonorrhea and chlamydia are another one. So um, it's really important that if you're uh, engaging in oral sex that you do get screened for gonorrhea and chlamydia orally. Um, you know, it's also important that if you've got um, throat pain that isn't going away and uh, the strep throat tests are all negative and you do engage in oral sex that you get tested for gonorrhea and chlamydia. Do they just do like a throat swab like they would for strep throat? Yes. Yeah. Except it's a different, um, it's a different process, but so same throat swab, uh, except that we send it to the lab and they do the same tests that your vaginal swab would be tested for gonorrhea or chlamydia. So if you go to the doctor and you have a sore throat, like, does it look like strep throat? Like, would they have to know to put in additional tests? Because I would think that, like, your baseline sore throat test would be a strep test. Like, yeah, your doc's not going to be like, oh, I'll test you for strep and chlamydia. No, that's not a thing. (laughs) So, yeah, um, you know, uh, a lot of our STD clinics like Planned Parenthood, um, they test routinely for these things as a screening tool. So when you go in and you give your sexual history and you say, I engage in oral sex and penetrative sex, um, you know, vaginal sex, then they will say, oh, we'll do a vaginal swab and we'll do a throat swab. Um, If you aren't at an STD clinic and you're just going to your friendly family, family doc, um, you know, you can certainly request that that be tested. Uh, The other thing is, you know, if, like I said, you've got a sore throat, it's not going away because they thought it was strep throat and, uh, you know, they treated you appropriately, you still have it, then you really need to pursue testing for STDs. Now, are those two also, can they sort of be dormant and you be asymptomatic? Absolutely. Um, You know, It's really important to note with most STDs that uh, the rule is not the symptoms. So most people do not have symptoms. Like we talked about before, someone can look completely clean and have lots of uh, infection. So that's why it's really important to um, use dental dams on a female when you're performing oral sex on a female or you use, um, you know, condoms when you're performing oral sex on a male. Now, 
most people do not want to perform oral sex on a balloon, essentially. Yeah. They taste terrible. Ugh. But there, we have flavored options. So there are flavored condoms, and they work really lovely for decreasing the risk of STD transmission when performing oral sex on a penis. If you were... If you didn't have a dental dam readily available, could you like grab some saran wrap? Don't do it. <laughs> People do this all the time. Because yes. I'm just trying to think about like, right? Can no. you MacGyver one? <laughs> No. The other thing is people are like, oh, what if I like cut a balloon? Um, Generally, really just get a dental dam. Um, You know, you can get those from your friendly STD clinic. You can buy them online. Yeah, they don't have those at the CVS, do they? I don't think I've ever seen. Maybe. I mean, I haven't like really perused that section in a while. Yeah. You know, I have to be honest. I haven't looked in a long time. What about Walmart? FYI, Amazon. I just went to Amazon. Oh, there's a ton of dental dams you can get. Um, and we can get powder free. We can, um, uh, I believe these ones are mint flavored. Uh, so, so there's a lot of options here. They have them on Walmart, but it looks like it's for dentists. No. Well, that's the thing is I was about to tell you. So dental dams are used all the time in dental that's work. not attractive. I know. That's not how you use it. That picture is <laughs> literally like someone sitting in a dental chair getting dental work. So, yeah, um, that's probably why they were invented. I don't know the history of the dental dam, but um, I do know that I did have some dental work and they popped one out and I was like, huh. I've seen those at work <laughs> and I don't work in a dentist's office. So if you were trying to get some of these, what would be your best resources? So online, online, it looks like um, Amazon has some good options. Uh, also, you know, I'm partial to Planned Parenthood. I really like that they really are meeting most people's sexual needs. So uh, they do have some that you can get there. Um and obviously, you can get condoms, lube, all of that stuff there as well. They're square. I've, yes, they why, are. Why are they oval? Because, again, I think they were made for dentists. But your mouth isn't square either. No, so... Um, you know, the logistics of it is that you're holding it over female external genitalia and you're doing the... You know, you're performing oral sex over the dental dam which is laying over the genitals and so you, you really just do you stretch it i mean i've never like used one but <laughs> you but you've seen one yes more than i can claim like it's not like a condom where you have to like stretch it they are stretchable they're made with latex i think you can get some non-latex options as well so they are stretchable um and you can basically make sure that it's covering everywhere that you're working uh Working, <laughs> performing, performing. That you're performing. Yes. Um, so you can make sure that they're all that it's covering everything you need, and you can do that by stretching or repositioning. Are you supposed to cover like all of the external genitalia too? Yes. Yes. So you're using it to cover the clitoris, the labia, um, you know, vaginal opening if you're working there. Um, basically everywhere. The big the big takeaway, though, is that you want to be covering things. So you have a barrier of protection from whatever 
place on the genitals that you are uh, giving pleasure. And uh, you want to make sure that there's not uh, skin to skin contact between genitals and your mouth. Uh, One thing that I think I need to talk about is that you don't reuse these. So you're not going to wash it and dry it. Uh, Dental dams are made to be thrown away just like condoms are. Was that a question that people have? Yes. (sighs) Yes. So, uh, you know, you could get... uh, Here's one on Amazon, 12 units for $13. So, uh, you know, that's about the price of a condom as well. So, or some condoms are a lot cheaper, but, um, you know, it's a one-time use. Just plan on throwing away that dollar at the end of your night. Oh, man. Your night was worth more than a dollar, honey. So, I have one final question for you. Okay. Miss Eek. She's been dating her partner for more than a year, and then she just tested positive for a sexually transmitted infection. She's freaking out mm-hmm. because she she says, well, they must have been cheating. True or false? I know intellectually that you're going to tell me that's false, but in my heart, I would react as if it were true. Mm. Girlfriend, I would too. <laughs> Um, but it is false. Um, we do not know for sure. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's a couple of reasons why we don't know for sure. So uh, the big question would be, when was the last time Miss Eek was tested, right? Um, she's been with her partner for a year, but if she hasn't been tested in three years, that means she had two years prior to her partner to get a little present that she brought into this relationship. And has she been sharing a jammo stick with anyone? <laughs> Yes, I mean, that should be on our question list as well. <laughs> the other question is, did she, did her partner get tested? And when was he tested? Um, you know, basically, you can enter into a relationship with your partner and you enter with that STD. You bring it along with you. Um, so that's why it's really important that you're getting tested before sexual contact um, so that, you know, you don't have to play this game a year in when you finally get tested and find out you or your partner is positive for a sexually transmitted infection. And what is a screening test? Is it blood or? That's a really good question, Dr. V. So I feel like, you know, I feel like a lot of times I hear people say, like, test me for everything. You know, as a doctor, people have come in and been like, test me for everything. I'm here for my pap smear. Um, You know, or maybe your your partner has said, oh, I got tested for everything. P.S. There is no everything test. So it's really important to... uh, say what you'd like to be tested for. What if um, you don't know? Right. And and that's why it's really important to have a discussion with your doctor about risk. So uh, let's say you don't know. I mean, maybe you don't even know what sexually transmitted infections are out there. It's not your job to know. It's your job to talk with someone who knows more than you, like a nurse practitioner, PA, or a physician that can say, oh, your risk, you know, you are having unprotected sex. Uh, we need to test for gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, hepatitis, um, HIV, all those things. And it's important to know, too, that um, each infection has a different way of testing. Okay, so if somebody were to come in 
and say, say they're like, I don't know what the average age of a college kid, like 20, Mm -hmm. right? And they've been with a handful of people and they're about to embark on this new relationship and the partner's like, I want a clean bill of health. And they're, they're asymptomatic. They haven't, they don't have any symptoms and they feel perfectly healthy. What would be like a routine test? So I think routine does, uh, routine varies, to be honest. So we have um, CDC guidelines that tell us what um, general testing is appropriate for people below the age of um, 26, and that's yearly screening. Um, We talk about people above the age of 26 and what their yearly screening should look like. And then we also have screening based on risk. So um, general screening would be uh, gonorrhea and chlamydia um that's just you know it's super prevalent and that requires either a urine test or a genital swab um we generally believe that the uh, vaginal swab is going to be more accurate than a urine swab for women uh for men uh either one will do and then you know HIV. Everyone should be screened for HIV at some point while they're sexually active. Um, And if they have risk, they should be screened more frequently. Um, Now, HIV testing can be done super easy these days. Uh, You can get a an oral swab like they just swab like they're doing a dna test in your mouth so easy so and they can also do it with a finger prick of blood not from theranos though not theranos (laughs) (laughs) do not trust the theranos hiv testing okay so i have a question for you because i think like historically people have always even though we know intellectually it's not true you're like oh STDs is like dirty, hoary, slutty. Like there's sort of that idea. And so people feel embarrassed to ask for it. So true or false, if somebody were to come into you and say they want that testing, that you would judge them and be like, gross. I would judge them by thinking, dude, you're awesome for getting tested. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, like... Um, there's no judgment, no docs ever judge because really this is about decreasing disease transmission. This is not about uh, risk as far as like, ooh, you're doing dirty things. I don't want to test you like or ooh, you know, you need to be tested. No, this is about just like it is what it is. Let's get tested so that we can treat what can be treated and we can all work from a place of knowledge. Don't forget to subscribe to our WooCast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly on our website at whatthewoopodcast.com. You can email us at contact at whatthewoopodcast.com or go to our website and fill out the contact form there. We'd love to hear from you. What the Woo is an educational podcast and is not a substitute for professional care and advice. Please seek appropriate medical care for any health care concerns. Opinions expressed are solely those of the doctors and not those of any sponsors or employers. Thanks for listening. See you next time on What the Woo.